Welcome to the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session, where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T, and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch, we are counseling on Keith Urban. When you hear the name Keith Urban, you probably think of passionate guitar playing, soulful vocals, and inspiring lyrics. But there is more to this artist with 11 studio albums, 18 number one hits, and two Entertainer of the Year awards. He is a proud husband and father. He is a citizen of three countries. He has been a judge on American Idol and the voice in Australia. He is a high school dropout that rose to the top, finding himself among the who's who's of celebrities worldwide. But what is it about Keith Urban that makes him so great? Has he ever toured with another band? What guitar gear is he using? And did Jason really steal his guitar strap? Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Jason on the Tweed Couch. Jason, you have told me that you are a super fan of Keith Urban. Is this true? It is true. That's probably the most true thing you've said on this podcast ever. <laughs> wow. that's you've, you've said a lot of true things. I'm just saying that's yeah. so true that there's nothing been truer. So... If you are a super fan, yes, I feel like I could give you a pop quiz right now. Yes. And you would be able to answer these questions. Okay. Well, I, I will say I do feel like I'm a super fan. Now, I'm not to the, and I'm not backtracking here. I'm not to the level of psychotic stalking him in love with him, but I am a super fan as much as you can be of another man as a married man. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's not at all confusing. No, not at so all. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and start this quiz. I'm not going to tell you how many questions there are. You're just going to have to take the quiz. Now, we have not talked about this, right? Yeah, that's what makes it fun, is we decided early on, you're not going to give me any hint to what you're going to ask. It's going to be totally you know, out of the blue, and if I know it, I know it, and if I don't, then, then I'm not the biggest Keith Urban fan. All right, well, it's time for you to find out. My first question for you- I'm a little nervous, actually. My hands are sweaty. Yeah, well, your hands are always sweaty. (laughs) True. (laughs) So here we go. First professional question is this. Okay, this is about his professional career and about him. Okay. And the question is, what time of day, it's multiple choice, what time of day, morning, afternoon, evening, or night, does Keith do best with songwriting? Oh, my gosh. I, I'm off to a bad start. I'm going to say he does best in the morning. So you believe that you know Keith Urban well enough to say that he does best in the morning. Well, I think about him and he just seems like a go-getter. He seems like the kind of guy that would wake up early, have some coffee, spend some time out in nature and, and write a song. But I have no idea. I'm just making this up. Your answer is correct. See, I, I don't, I didn't know the answer, but I know how he thinks. Yeah, that's right. That's because you're so in tune with him. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Am I, am I supposed to say final answer whenever I um, say this? I don't think you have to. Okay. I don't think okay. you have to. All right. Okay. Here is your next question. It is, what unlisted song appears at the end of the Golden Road album? Well, that's an easy one. My friend, that's called One Chord Song by Keith Urban. That is exactly right. Do you know what chord is being played? It is played in G. It is played in G. Excellent job. Yes. Mm -hmm. I can play that song, actually. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, I know all the chords. Yeah, I have a tough time with the chord change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, it's a great song. Your next question is: okay. Keith Urban was a road guitarist for which bands before he became big? Okay, when you say road guitarist, it throws me a little bit. Now, he okay. was in a three-piece band called The Ranch. He did come over with The Ranch, but in order okay. for him to work in the United States, he only had a visa that allowed him to do musical-type jobs. Okay. I'm not aware of this. I was under the assumption, or that I thought that he came over with The Ranch. They played in Australia for a while, came over here. So, I do know he's played a couple of guest spots with people can I get some multiple choice? Well, answers? I will. I tell you what. Let's just add this little okay. part to it. When okay. do you think that Keith Urban came over to America to start working? Mm, I think it was in the early '90s. It was. It was in '92. Okay. So okay. now that you okay. know that he came over in '92, and you have an idea of who could handle having a road guitarist, tell me yeah. who do you think. I know for a fact that he's played on live albums for Garth Brooks before, but that was later on in his career. So I'm I'm kind of teetering on that one. Do you want a multiple choice? Yeah, I would like a multiple choice on this one because I think if I hear some some options, I think it's going to lock it in for me. I know he's collaborated with a bunch of people. I know he's collaborated with Vince Gill and Dixie Chicks and a bunch. So yeah, multiple choice may help. Okay. Multiple choice question and exclusion question. So which of the following artists did Keith Urban not go on the road with as a road guitarist? Is it Alan Jackson? Okay, he never, I don't think he ever played with him. Is it Dixie Chicks? I believe he did play with Dixie Chicks. Is it Brooks and Dunn? Oh, he toured with them. That's a good question. Hmm. Okay. Is it Tracy Bird? It is not Tracy Bird. I know that for sure. I don't think they have any connections at all, but I may be wrong because Tracy Bird is big in the early 90s. So if I'm wrong in that one, I'm going to look like a fool. Um, I'm going to say it is not Tracy Bird. It is not Tracy Bird. That was a close one. So I don't know if you knew that. Alan Jackson, Keith Urban, is actually in the video, Crazy About a Mercury. Yes, I did know that. Long hair, long, really long hair. hair, Like Kenny Wayne Shepherd early on, long hair. Like Hanson Brothers, long hair. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, he's had a lot of looks throughout the years. He has. Um, And he was the road guitarist for Dixie Chicks. Okay. And he was a road guitarist for Brooks and Dunn. Okay. I did not know this. It does not necessarily mean that he played on their albums. Right, right. You know, and in all honesty, in the 90s, there was a lot of studio musicians who played on the Mm -hmm. albums that were not the road musicians anyway. So, yeah, that's cool. I did not. I I can't say that I fully knew that, but that's I knew there were connections to those people. So that's cool. All right. I got another question for you. All right. All right. Hopefully I'll do better. This one's going to be tough. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Keith Urban's prized Telecaster. Okay. Was a 40th anniversary custom shop Fender Telecaster. Yep. Yep. He has owned two of them. Yes. 
what were the serial numbers? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, there were only 300 made. Yeah, I thought you were going to ask me what the name of the first one was. I was like, that's easy. It's named Clarence. You know why it's named Clarence, though, right? After It's a Wonderful Life? Oh, really? I didn't know that one. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool. But that's not the that's not the question. I want to say, and I don't know why I want to say this, but I want to say one of them is number 211. It is not. Okay, then I have no idea. Okay. Well, I just thought maybe, super fan, you might be able to get this one. Uh, it, I mean, that that would be ridiculous if I knew that. But. I know. That's the reason why I went with it. Yeah. So it Dang was actually 188 and 279. Okay. okay. All right. So what I think is interesting about this guitar was his first one, if you remember, you look at that pick guard and yeah. it's missing two pickups because it was yep. a three pickup Telecaster and he was missing yep. two pickups and he had this EMG in the back. Uh-huh. A Strat EMG, not even yeah, a Yeah, Strat EMG. EMG, you're right. And yep. he said he went through all these different pickup configurations. He ended up putting a new pick guard on it. And he was like, nah, now it looks like an Esquire. I want it to look like it was, but I don't need those other pickups. And uh-huh. he went through that whole thing. And then somebody found another one of those guitars. Yeah. And he was so excited to get it. And he plugged it in and went, this sounds way better than mine. Why have yes. I been changing pickups for so long? Well, what's even crazier about that, and I think this is one of the reasons I connect with him, is you know he he found that guitar in New York City whenever I think it was Manny's Music. It and, was uh, Manny's Music. Now you took yeah. one of my questions. That's no, okay. I'm sorry. So yeah, so so he found it. Didn't really have the money for it. And he tells a story about how the guy tells him to take off his belt and any, you know, bracelets or anything. And anybody who's ever played an expensive guitar knows that feeling of just like, oh my gosh, I kind of stripped down. So he said he played it and fell in love with it. And then he uh, borrowed money from his manager to buy it and went back home and he would go out on the road, but he would keep that guitar under his bed and uh, play a Squire Strat. Yeah. Eventually he's like, why am I not playing this guitar I love so much? So he he started playing it. Like you said, they were out on tour and he'd been touring with it and he was kind of a tinkerer like I am and like you are and yeah. just always changing things. And so, yeah, he's got it with the EMG strap pickup and then no neck or middle in there. He's got the little SpongeBob sticker on the top of the headstock. And yeah. uh, his guitar tech was at Guitar Center in L.A. and found the other 40th. And like you said, there's only 300 of those made. Right. So he grabbed it for him. And like you said, he said at Soundcheck, he's like, man, this sounds better than whatever I'd been doing. So it just reminded me of me, you know, you chase and you chase your tail a little bit and go around in circles and end up with what you already had. But that's, you know, like we've said so many times, that's, that's kind of the fun of all this. It's cool. Oh yeah. It's cool to know he does it too. One side story on my side is, I don't know if it's a side story or a sad story, but I have a Gibson Les Paul classic and it has ceramic pickups in it. It has a uh-huh. 496R and a 500T in the bridge. And they're, they're ceramic. And people always said, oh, ceramic sucks, whatever. And in my Marshall, it sounded awesome. But I decided to believe what other people said. And so I went through Antiquities. And I had Seth Lovers. And I had DiMarzio 36 Anniversary. I had all these different pickups that I went through it and went through it and went through it. And one day, my son Owen said, so you played that guitar and that amp on stage? And I went, yeah, they're the exact same as they were, except I've changed the pickups. And he said, well, what do the other pickups sound like? And I went, well, let's go ahead and put them in. And I reinstalled the original ceramic pickups, plugged it into my Marshall, and it sounded glorious. It sounded way better than it did with the antiquities that I had in it at the moment. 
And I went, forget this. That's it. It's almost like they knew what they were doing. Stop jacking with it. It's fine. <laughs> yep. Okay. Back to what there. we got going on. All right. I have one more question for you. Okay. And this question might be difficult, but it is a professional question. Okay. Because as we said in the first question, what time of day does Keith Urban do best with songwriting? And we said it was in the morning. Yes. But if it goes into the afternoon, it's actually been reported that whenever he's songwriting in the afternoon, he'll start actually questioning everything he did earlier on in the day. Mm, So they have to make him a snack. So my question for you is, what is Keith Urban's favorite creative session snack? Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. Is it's it's not a meal. It's a snack, right? It's it's a snack, but one could call it a lunch item. Okay. This is going to be a hard Uh, one. Yeah. I have no clue. Um, <laughs> peanut butter sandwich. It is a sandwich, but it is fried pimento cheese sandwich. Interesting. That, and that sounds great. I'm, I'm probably going to go have one of those for dinner tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Fried <laughs> pimento cheese sandwich. Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a maybe it's an Australian thing. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I've I've never heard that. Okay. Those are all of the professional <laughs> questions that I have. You know, you didn't do too bad. I didn't do too well, but I mean, in all fairness, I don't think Guitar Player Magazine or Vintage Guitar or whatever has done a lot of stories on his fried yeah. pimento cheese sandwiches. No, no, that's, that's not a thing that's happened. Yeah. yeah. So if you are a super fan, it had to okay. start somewhere. Yeah. When did you first hear about Keith Urban? Well, I first heard Keith Urban before I knew who Keith Urban was because in the kind of mid to late 90s, there was a band that he was in called The Ranch. Yeah. They had a couple songs out on CMT and I remember really liking it. But you know how in the 90s people would come and go, they'd have a song or two, then they were gone. So I heard them and I really liked them and I always liked new music and I would, I was, I'm one of those kind of guys that reads the, credits to see who plays on it see who you know sings whatever so you know I, I would be looking for them and I saw them playing I really liked their stuff and then didn't really hear from them again and then in 99 I remember CMT had a thing that was like you know the hot new releases or something like that I think they called it the delivery room does that ring a bell the CMT oh, that delivery does ring room. a bell yeah. yeah I remember seeing this this video come on and I just instantly loved the song and it was a it was a song called it's a love thing by Keith Urban Oh, yeah. It came out, and it's had a real cool rhythmic acoustic guitar in the front, and it's got a cool guitar solo in it, and just the vocals and everything, I just, I loved it immediately. And, I, you know, it's one of those songs you just kind of tap your foot or tap your fingers on the table to, and I heard that, and that was my first song that I was like, I gotta go get this album. So I went and bought the CD, and I listened to everything, and I loved it. So I'm looking at the the songwriting credits, and he wrote, you know, so many of the songs. He played so many of the instruments, and I'm like, all right. I'm liking this guy. I like him a lot. And I'd, you know, just kind of come off of the kind of the nineties country cowboy hat kind of thing. So it was really different and kind of fresh and he's playing guitar and it was just, I don't know. It was just something that was needed at the moment. I thought, and I really, really liked that. And I still do like that whole album. It's full of good songs. So during that time, 
he came to Billy Bob's, Texas, which is just right down the road from us. Right. The world's largest honky tonk. Yeah, it is. And it's it's pretty cool. It's one of those things that, you know, people, whenever they come into town, they they go to see. But we're lucky enough to live 10 minutes away from it. So drove down. He, he came in concert. And at this time, you had to go stand in line to buy tickets. So I went and stood in line and got tickets. And I had really great seats. And I remember the, the lights went down and the music started playing. And you could hear a guitar kind of going. It's like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. We're sitting there and I can't can't even remember who was with me at the time, but we're sitting there and all of a sudden the spotlight kind of shines over my shoulder and I turn around and look and he's playing the guitar, like walking from the back of the crowd towards the stage. And he just, he's like walking on the table and he walks just right by us. And I just remember that was the first time I'd ever kind of seen him up close and he's just rocking on the guitar, walking up there. So yeah. So early on, I would say his first single, I uh, was a big fan and I haven't really ever stopped. That's a terrible story. <laughs> it's not magical. <laughs> no, yeah, it's no. not. It's like, no, that was awesome. I first heard him on the radio and okay. I remember going, man, I really like this. This sounds really good. But, you know, mm-hmm. then they go into the next song and yeah, I forget all about it kind of thing. It yeah. wasn't until you started mentioning him more and more because you're a big Brad Paisley fan as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so you would talk about Brad Paisley and you would Mm -hmm. talk about Keith Urban and you would talk about Vince Gill and you talk about Steve Warner and, you know, you just keep going on about all these different people. Yeah. And you actually told me to go buy Golden Road. Yeah. It's still my favorite album to this day. It is fantastic. And so for me, where it ended up being was Golden Road was such a great album and Mm -hmm. I loved it and I loved his playing and he's actually got some of my favorite solos on that album and I know that was early on in his career but honestly what made me a bigger fan was seeing him on YouTube Mm -hmm. because when you see how energetic and how lively and the way that he throws his head and 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 moves his whole body just to get the right twist onto a note he is one with the guitar. Oh, for sure. He pours himself into the guitar. And it's funny that you mentioned Brad Paisley because I do. I love Brad Paisley too. I mean, they're just neck and neck for me. But one of the things that I that I love about him, and I'll mention later when we talk about his playing a little bit more, is that Brad Paisley to me, when he plays, he sounds like Brad Paisley. Like he sounds like Brad. And yeah. no matter what the song you're like, that's Brad Paisley. Well, Keith Urban is more, he plays for the song and he pours every bit of his energy into the notes of the song. And he can play a million miles an hour, but he can also play two or three notes and make it sound amazing. That's one thing that I just absolutely love about his playing. To me, what makes me a big fan of his is that he is a singer and a guitar player and he does both at an elite level. Absolutely. That's that's what's amazing to me. That's how you know someone was meant to do something. Yeah, it, at I mean, at the same time, I mean, most people can't sing like him, and most people can't play like him, and hardly anybody can play and sing like him at the same time and write yeah. songs. And yeah, it's it's a. I mean, he just oozes talent. He really yeah, does. he does. Yeah. Did you actually see him in concert early on? Yeah, probably. Gosh, it was either 99 or 2000. I mean, the self-titled album had just come out. So what gear was he playing then when you first saw him? So he was playing the 40th anniversary telly, and he was playing a black Strat with a maple neck. And then he was playing through Fender Twins. 
on that early album, he did a lot of chicken picking and it, you know, a sound wasn't quite as, as heavy as it is now, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he could bring it though. And yeah. I mean, those, those twins are, you know, his, his guitar was loud in the mix. He was, he was up there and uh, yeah, I mean, he put on a show and you know, it, I've heard Brad Paisley say this before, and I think Keith Urban's probably the same way. You know, vocals sometimes are just what goes in between guitar solos. And so <laughs> he he did that on stage. And man, after leaving, I was just floored. I mean, I, I was a fan for life after that first show. Yeah. Seeing him live is unlike anybody. It's awesome. Okay. Confession time. I've never seen him live. Oh, gosh. I have seen him on TV, and I've seen yeah. him on YouTube. I've seen him do live performances on tv like in that moment but that's about it so the gear that i know he's played i remember seeing like some rig rundowns and i remember seeing of course the 40th anniversary telecaster okay with the emg strat pickup in the back yep i remember him showing off his silver clon centaur Yep. <laughs> well, and actually, it wasn't him. It was his guitar tech. What is his guitar tech's name? Chris Miller. So it was Chris Miller who was showing off all of his gear. And yep. I just remember seeing it. And, you know, maybe it wasn't that early. Maybe it was closer to like 2010 or something like that. I just remember looking at all the gear and I saw the 40th anniversary Telecaster, the Klon mm-hmm. Centaur, yeah. the Marshall JTM 45 heads. Uh-huh. Like I remember seeing those all ready to go. He had a bunch of like full tone two pedals and I was like, man, look at all that drive. Look at all that stuff that he's got at his disposal to just give monster tone, just big monster tone. Yeah. And of course, then later I started seeing more pictures and I saw his bad cats because he went through a bad cat phase like none other. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's his six string banjo. He brought that into country music i think yeah he's he talks about when he was recording that ranch album he he had in his mind these banjo parts but he said he couldn't play banjo and so he he hired a banjo player to come play the parts and they just weren't quite what he wanted and so he said he walked into i think it was corner music in nashville and he said he saw it sitting on a stand and he's just like it looked like the heavens were just shining down on it (laughs) and he played it and uh he's like this is exactly what i needed and you know guitar players and banjo players they they think differently and so oh yeah he wanted it played like a guitar but that sounds i mean his gear has evolved so much and i think there's a couple reasons for it i have seen him every time he's coming to dallas fort worth area except for one time gosh i kicked myself but i've seen him every time everywhere from billy bobs to there's a a little casino in Oklahoma, just past the Texas border. Windstar, I've seen him there a couple times. I've seen him at American Airlines Center a number of times. Yeah, just anywhere he's shown up, I've seen him. But his gear's always changing. It's funny too, because like well, my gear will change, but I go from like a Squire Telecaster to a a Fender Telecaster to a Custom A Telecaster. But yeah. he weaves in and out. He's going from from Fenders to Gibsons to Paul Reed Smith guitars back to something crazy. And I've heard him say before, he just likes anything that's kind of funky. He likes them to be different. He also likes them to be a little ratty. Yeah, he does. I mean, they're they're no fun. Yeah. They're shiny and new. But yeah, he's gone from the Fender stuff. They went to Marshall. And then, like you said, went to Matchless and Bad Cat. He had 6.5 amps for a while. 65 amps. Oh, yeah, that's right. 65 yeah. amps. That's right. I, uh, somehow I totally forgot about that. Yeah, but he played those for a while. But then, you know, in 2010, the Nashville floods hit. Oh, yeah. So him and, 
Well, actually, let me rewind a little bit. A little bit before that, CMT was doing that series called Crossroads where they'd get a country person. Yes. And a rock or, you know, whatever. And so they they teamed up a couple years ago. They teamed up Brad Paisley and John Mayer. And I thought, yeah, what have they been, you know, reading my diary? And so they they did that, and it was the awesome. The funny thing to me about that whole concert series between Brad Paisley and John Mayer was you had Brad Paisley the entire time going, man, John, I am such a huge fan. Yeah. And you have John going, what's your name again? Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, man, it's nice to meet you. It was, it was a little like that, which I don't think it would be that way now, but back then it was. It was, and it was amazing because I remember seeing, it looked like on John Mayer's face, he was kind of like, oh, wow, you're really good. Yeah, he's like, you're, like, you're really good. You could just see how astonished he was. He was like, how'd you do that? You're not bad. That's you're amazing. A pretty, pretty good guitar player. But <laughs> then a couple, maybe a year or two later, Keith Urban and John Mayer paired up, and they had a little yeah. more chemistry. Like, I think a lot of they chemistry. were like, dang. And so that was in 2010, and then in June of 2010, the floods hit. I think that was kind of the moment his gear stuff all changed because he went from that different, you know, bad cats, whatever, Marshalls, to insurance money from all that stuff that was wiped out. And next thing you know, he's buy- he's playing like a pre-war Martin. He's playing like a 52 gold top. And then next thing you know, he's got yeah. Dumble Overdrive Special. And he's yep. got old high-powered Tweed Twins. And so yep. he went from... You know, I've got nice stuff to I've got nice stuff. And then he's got that 51 Nocaster and he's got the 64 Strat that he plays a lot. He kind of made that jump. And I think that when you have friends that are gear nerds like you are, like you and I have each other, sometimes they bring out, yeah. it's not a competition at all, but it's a healthy like, hey, let me lift you up and you should really try this out and you should do this. And next thing you know, you're gaining levels of of awesomeness in gear. Yeah. And I think having John Mayer as a friend probably you know you play through his dumbles and you're like i need a dumble he actually said it was because of john mayer that he started playing dumbles yeah he bought one of his he he's yeah john mayer sold him one yeah so i do think that changed a lot and that's also when he kind of started coming out with the clans you know he's playing with clans and he would play um some of the um pete cornish pedals which are oh yeah you know five six hundred bucks each so yeah, I think he really started investing in that and went from kind of a simple setup with full drive twos and OCDs to I'm going to go with Klons and, and Dumbles and vintage guitars. So more power to him because he makes them sound awesome. Yeah, he does. I have seen his gear evolve so much that honestly, it's one of those things that somebody goes, hey, what's Keith Urban playing? And you almost have to go check the news now. Yeah. Because if you looked last week, it was something different. It's true. Like I've seen him playing a gold top Paul Reed Smith single cut, but I've also mm-hmm. seen him play a Les Paul Jr. I've also seen him play a Melody Maker. Yep. I've also seen him play a Gretsch. And you're just yep. kind of going, what is he playing? Like, what is he doing? This is amazing. And so yeah. he's been all over the place. One of my favorite tellies yeah. that he's ever played is that Broken Mirror Telecaster. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I loved that one. That one and was pretty cool. seeing that in concert is so cool because all the lights are just hitting. Oh, yeah. And, and it's refracting yeah. everywhere. And Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, the custom shop made that one for him and super cool. Yeah. Funny that you mentioned that music maker because I have a really cool story that uh, I don't tell a ton of people because I don't want, you know, his security coming after me or anything. Yeah. But uh, years ago, after the flood, something popped up on eBay and it was one of Keith Urban's guitar straps. And I was like, wait a minute, this is kind of cool. And yeah. so it was a 
leather and the company's name Action Leather is a leather strap with his little monkey logo on there. Yeah. And so at the time the guy wanted like six hundred dollars, something insane like that. Yeah. And so I was just, you know, I I clicked I'm gonna watch this auction. So I I'd watch it and he dropped from like five fifty to four fifty and I was like, Oh yeah, no. So I reached out to that action leather and I was like, Hey, I want to have one of these guitar straps made. And they're like, we're sorry. We don't make them for anybody but Keith. Like we can't, we just can't make them. Yeah. It's his, you know, his deal. So I was like, okay, all right. That's, you know, I appreciate it. So anyways, the price kept dropping lower and lower and lower and it got down to 250 bucks. And I was like, that's it. I'm buying it. So I bought (laughs) Keith Urban's guitar strap. Cause I mean, just the strap alone was I think 150 bucks, something like that, if yeah. I were to buy a blank one. But I was like, an extra 100 bucks for having Keith Urban's actual. And so I emailed the guy and I was like, hey, I know the floods just happened. I was like, does this smell like water or anything? You know, water can ruin things. Yeah. And he's like, no, it doesn't have any smell at all. And it, it had one of the gold strap locks still on there. Yeah. And you could tell that it had some corrosion on there. So I don't know if it was affected by the flood or whatever. But anyways, so I've got it. I bought it, got it here, use it all the time. And it's awesome. I, I love it. I mean, I probably have no business having it, but it's super cool. And yeah. I love it. What brought me to all that is on the back in Silver Sharpie, it has um, SG written on one spot and it has Melody Maker written on one spot. Oh. And like where they would put them for for his settings. And so I always thought that was kind of cool. So I'm, I'm looking for a picture of him either playing a Melody Maker or a SG with that strap so I can hang it up on my wall and be like, that's my strap. Like I, I own, own that, that strap. It's really it's super cool. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Whenever I got it, my niece, who's also a big Keith Urban fan, she got it and hugged it and smelled it kind of in a yeah. different way. She's She loves him probably a little more than I do. Uh, I see. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. I think we should make this deal. I understand that you paid $250 for this and it was possibly stolen. Yep. And maybe there's a police report. Maybe there's all that kind of stuff. Hopefully not. But Hopefully not. I would like to see if you'd be willing to make this deal. Okay. If Keith Urban would like his strap back, yes, he may come pick it up, yes, or send you and me out there, not Allison, because yeah. that could get creepy, yeah, and we will hand deliver this back to him. I would be honored to do that, honestly, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I, it's out in the universe now. It's out there. I mean, I will tell you, the guy is seems like one of the nicest humans to ever walk on this earth so yeah i agree he'd probably hear this and find out and be like yeah yeah come bring it back and then let me like play with him or something you know on stage <laughs> well, play play the guitar some some basketball some one-on-one <laughs> yes <Yeah>. yes <laughs> i am taller than him but he probably still be <laughs> i i wouldn't want to make it weird though so i i, yeah. I think we already have i think <laughs> i think we have it'd be like yeah. that chris farley skit where he sees uh paul mccartney's like hey remember that time you did that that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> yeah. That that's what how I'd be. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Let's hear from another sponsor. Are you looking for a party with a purpose? If you love music, if you love family friendly, if you love camping, then you should look into LifeFest. LifeFest is one of the largest Christian music festivals in America and draws attendees from across the United States to worship together, deepen their faith, and strengthen relationships with family and friends. This three-day event features dozens of artists 
engaging seminars, and much more. This year in 2021, we have two festivals. Come join a party with a purpose in Oshkosh, Wisconsin on July 8th through 11th or on the Johnny Cash Hideaway Farm in Bon Agua, Tennessee on July 29th through 31st. I'll see you there. Okay, well then, you know what? This is a good segue because I actually have a second quiz for you. Okay, I'm ready. But this one is not about his gear. This is not about his professional life. This is his personal life (laughs) quiz. So this is about his personal Uh, life. Okay. Now, it's not going to get too crazy. It's not going to get too crazy. You asked me what kind of sandwich he likes, what kind of snack he likes. Mm, That's true. (laughs) Okay, Okay. so here we go. Um, Okay. What is Keith Urban's favorite sport? Dang. I, oh man. I feel like I've seen him before. Like, you know, those paparazzi photos or whatever. I feel like I've yep. seen him at, at, at basketball games. Okay. So I'm going to say basketball. You are going with basketball. Uh, reluctantly, I'm going with basketball, and that is my final answer. I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. Okay. What I is saw it? You about, I saw you about to talk, and I slammed on the brakes because I believe that his favorite sport is the same as my favorite sport, which is the great game of hockey because he is from Smashville, home of the Predators, where he sings the national anthem sometimes, and the Predators are great, and it's their only, prof- well, I mean, they've got the Titans, but it's their only professional sports team there, really. I'm going to go with National Hockey League hockey, courtesy of the Nashville Predators. And you are incorrect. Dang it. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's bowling. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that you said as a sport <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry to all our bowlers out there all right here we go okay i'm ready next question where is keith urban originally from okay most people would Chibilea. say he's from australia um mm-hmm. and then i would counter that with hmm he was raised by kangaroos, huh? Um, but <laughs> just in the pocket, they would have named him Joey. He's true. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, he is from New Zealand, and it's from a town. Now I don't know. Like I was born in Arlington, but I live in Northwestern Hills, so I'm not going to say where he was born. I'm going to say where he's raised because that's more that's more appropriate. But it's a town called. I'm going to spell it because I don't know how to say it. Okay. It's C A B O O L Kabul T U R E Kabulcher Kabulcher. Okay, and that's right. I don't even need to, I, that is possible. I don't even need your. I just have where he's born. Okay. Well, I don't. I I don't need. I don't know that, but I know he was raised. He grew up because you could be born in any hospital. But oh yeah. He was raised in that city that I can't say Kabulcher. Yeah, New Zealand. Good job. It's, it is New Zealand. Well yes. done. <laughs> it is right. There's way too many details. Sorry. No, it's way too many. What's his birthday? No. Um, okay. Here we go. Next question is, okay. Okay. what is the name of Keith Urban's first wife? Her name is Nicole Kidman. That is correct. See, most people, you, you yes. hear stars That's a good and you go, question. oh, they've had like... A dozen mm-hmm. wives. And, nope. Yep. Yep. He, much like me, got married later in life and found the love of his yep. life. 
And yep. uh, yeah, he waited till he found the perfect one. He's a he's a romantic, much like myself. Hopeless romantic. Boy, you you had me worried on that one for a minute because I kind of had a oh I don't know this, and then I realized now she was the first one. All right, here's another personal life question. Okay, <laughs> what is Keith Urban's highest education? Ooh, I I want to say. Definitely not college. He did not go to college. I want to say he dropped out of high school at 15, 16. He dropped out of high school at 15. That is correct. Yeah, that's what I thought. You yeah, nailed it. To, to go on the road because he's obviously oozed talent. In yeah. School. So he actually does not have a high school diploma unless he went back to get his GED. Yeah, didn't need one. All right. A few more questions. Here we go. Okay. I'm loving what this. is the names of his parents? Oh, okay. I know this. Um, I want to say his mom's name is Marion. Marianne is Marion. Yes. Okay. How do I know that? That's weird. And his dad just recently passed away. Oh. And my condolences I if he ever his, hears this. That's sad. Yeah. And as somebody who's very close to his father, I. Yeah. Oh, that's that's terrible. Yep. Um. I want to say it's Bob. Is it Bob? It is Robert? Bob. That's right. Gosh, how do I know that? How am I better at the personal ones than I am guitar stuff? <laughs> what is wrong with me? I don't me? know. How did you get that strap again? People magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading too much Us Weekly. <laughs> okay. Not, All right. That's a joke. Not really. TMZ. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Inquire. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, here's my last one for you. In 2001... Wait, pause really quick. Okay. I think what's even funnier about this is we truly are not like looking these up. Yeah. I really knew that his mom's name was Marion and Bob for some I reason. Know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm an idiot. All right, here we go. Okay. Last question. Okay. In 2001, Keith was in a magazine where he said he was glad that he played a guitar instead of a harmonica. What magazine was he in? (laughs) Well, that was uh, Playgirl magazine. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember... (laughs) I am also glad that he played the guitar instead of a harmonica. Yes. Because he was using that guitar to cover himself. Yes. (laughs) And hence the harmonica may not have (laughs) covered it. Oh, yeah, that's that's where our similarities end, to be honest. Yes. I, uh, Perfect. Yes. Well, actually, it ended long ago with the oozing talent, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's that's it for the personal questions. Okay, that was good. Good job. I like, I like those questions. Let's go ahead and finish things out with just a few more things to talk about with Keith Urban. Like, okay. for example, okay. what gear have you bought just simply because... Keith Urban used it or you need it to do Keith Urban tone? I would say not as much as I bought because of Brad Paisley. My Brad Paisley gear buying has been a little more because Brad, he's done endorsements with, you know, things and he's used, you know, same pedals and we'll, we'll get into him later. Dr. Z and Fender and Crook Telecasters. But the things that I have purchased strictly because of Keith Urban, you know, there for a while, I think he had some sort of deal with Mesa Boogie and their Flux Drive pedal. I did not know that. Yeah, it was it was a couple of years back, but found out he didn't use it very long. But they said, 
you know, when it first came out, it was around, I, I want to say that it was around the Fuse album, maybe, where Cop Car was out, but he was using it a lot. Yeah. About that. But then also recently, I put together a black strat to kind of model his 64 strat. Yeah. That's got the tortoise pit guard on there. Uh, I just, you know, I had I had some parts laying around, and I was like, that's such a, a cool looking guitar. And you should make sure that you take a picture of that, put it onto our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. All that kind I of can stuff. do that for sure. Um, and also, I built a Cabernita guitar like his they used to play. Oh, yeah. That's that black MJT one that you had. Yeah. So it's a basically a black Telecaster with just a little pit guard on the bottom, not a full pit guard. And it's got a TV Jones pickup in the rear. So kind of like an Esquire, but with a TV Jones. Yeah. And then he took off his pit guard. So I took off my pit guard and ridiculous. But uh, the real Cabernitas were custom shops. So they were you know, 3,500, 3,800, something like that. Yeah. So I just bought the, I built my own kind of MJT version, ended up selling that, but super cool guitar, but bought it because of him. And, and I really liked it. I bought a couple of Les Paul juniors because of him and didn't really bond with them. So I yeah. ended up selling them. I had a 58 reissue and then I had a, one of the single cut reissues. Um, but that's the, still, that's something that's still on my radar. And I think I even, told you on the last podcast i'm still looking for a les paul jr so for me i have done I, i've done the same type thing i play a sunburst telecaster mm-hmm. part of the reason why i play a sunburst telecaster is because keith urban played a sunburst telecaster i knew that's what yep. i wanted now i've got a few other tastes towards telecasters but still i gravitate towards sunburst mm-hmm. usually I'm so proud of you. That's part of it. Uh, another is Les Paul Juniors. Now I have the very oh, yes. unpopular 2015 Gibson Les Paul Junior. And it's a single yeah. cut. It's red, so it's not like his sunburst ones that he usually used. But whenever I play it, I still feel right, even though yeah. the neck is a little bit wider and people usually don't like them. And someday I will sell that off. And that day that I sell it off is either. When I get a double cut, that is a custom shop, 58, like what you used to have, or yep. I get the real deal. What a beautiful day that would be. It'll it'll be a beautiful Man. day. Yeah, and they're still, I mean, they're still affordable right now for vintage guitars. Uh, kind of. I mean, yeah. I, it depends yeah. on where you find them. If you find them with breaks, True. then you can find them in that three grand area. Yeah, I know. 2,500 area. If it's been refinished, maybe now you might get 2200 depending on how good the refinish is. I don't know about that low. I've seen it that low, but it's all the, it was a husk. There was, the pickup yeah, wasn't yeah. the same. The, yeah. you know, the pots weren't the same. It was just old wood and yeah. possibly even a refret on some of it. Okay. So, I mean, you can find husks where it's been broken and all the original yeah. finish is gone and the logo's gone from the front and all that kind of stuff. Right, but they're right. still asking above two grand. Uh, Which sure. is yeah, insane for something like that. But that that old wood is magical. It really is. Possibly. There's something Possibly. about it in this next. But yeah, okay. Yeah. The only other thing that I have really done simply because of him is when I was on tour full time, I modeled my hair after <laughs> you Keith did. Urban. Yes. I think I even mentioned that. And if I had the hair to do it, I would have done it too, but I just couldn't pull it off. But yeah, you did. I did. And I'll, you know what? I'll post a picture. I'll put it on the Instagram, the Facebook, yeah. the Twitter. I'd say you, 
you even dressed a little bit like him. Like you, you had the whole look yep. at everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I had the slightly baggier jeans and I had the button down mm-hmm. shirt and, uh, but I played a Les Paul instead because yeah. it was rock and roll. But yeah. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I will see if I can I get it. that and I'll put, post it up. Yes. Now, getting the gear is one thing. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite solos all time? What top Keith Urban solos do you have? I picked five. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so my number five solo is from Somewhere in My Car from the Fuse album. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know if you remember that. He kicks into the wall a little bit. Yep. I mean, just it, like the song starts off with a banjo. It builds up all this tension. And then all of a sudden the music kind of stops for a second. And the guitar kicks in and it is just like. Oh, heck yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's awesome. It rings out so much emotion of that song. So that's my number five. My number four song is a very popular one that probably a lot of people would pick number one, but it's my number four. It is Somebody Like You. That's my number Road. one. Okay. I figured, I mean, why wouldn't it be? It's a great one, but I, I tend to go a little different. Um, that's my number one only because I actually played a solo on one of my albums I remember that. And I took that one part, the... I stole it. Yeah. And I do not apologize, much like you and your guitar strap. I've stolen so many licks from him, and I still can't (laughs) play them right, but I I try. Yep. Um, But yeah, but... I didn't say I played it right. Well, (laughs) one thing I love about him, too, is not only his his solos are great, but his outros. Like, he does guitar solos at the end of stuff, too. So on somebody like you, it's got a great (laughs) outro solo, too. Oh, yeah. My number three is who wouldn't want to be me also have golden road Ooh, that's a good one i actually forgot about that one one of the coolest intros ever like he just hits the e string and tunes down to a d like he could have he could have tuned beforehand but no he hits it and then in concert he does this cool thing where he hits it and then he does some harmonics to make sure it's in tune yeah it's it's awesome so yeah oh yeah and then the guitar solo kicks in and he you know he says who wouldn't want to be me and it just kicks in it's like you go to a concert, everybody's just jumping, going crazy. I mean, it's it's awesome. It's what yeah. a guitar solo, solo should be. It's it's awesome. Yep. Number two is You Look Good in My Shirt. Oh, yes. Two different albums, actually. The first one was off Golden Road and one of my favorites. And then, uh, it did, like you said earlier, it didn't ever get released, but everybody loved it, including me. And uh, they re- released it later on as either a single or maybe like a on the greatest hits album, but he, he re-recorded it. And I think personally, you can hear the difference on the first one. He played a Telecaster and on the second one, I think he's playing a Les Paul cause it was kind of during his Gibson thing. And it just sounded a little more rock, a little more Les Paul like, so I could be wrong in that, but that's my number two. Got a bunch of cool yeah. open string pull offs, you know, to kind of end the solo. And um, yep. then at the end, he's kind of playing the melody with it. Just a man. It's a killer solo. And then my number yeah. one, favorite solo of his is my favorite guitar solo probably of all time anybody wow but it's of him that's a lot do you want to guess what it is one chord song (laughs) (laughs) that is not it no it is drum roll please till summer comes around so it's slower but the feeling like if you have not listened to that song and while first of all the song is perfect it's the perfect written song it's got the perfect fills the tone is perfect the delay is perfect the reverb everything's perfect it's the most perfect song ever 
But when you hear that song and you hear that solo and he kicks into it, if it doesn't hit you right in the chest, I I don't know what will. Like it's oh, it's killer. Yeah, it's killer. So yeah, that's my that's my number one. Whenever you ask me to come up with the top three or whatever, I just immediately that was my number one. All I had to do was fill in two through five. So, well, you took my number one. Yeah, but I only did a top three. So we'll go ahead and start with number three. My number three is "You'll Think of Me." Oh yeah, it just. To me, you can feel the oozing of the emotion in it. Like, and part of it is because even in his soulful like voice, mm-hmm. you hear that you think of me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that. Oh, and then you hear the guitar behind it, yeah. and it's almost like the guitar is doing its own like vocal embellishment behind it, matching, yeah, yeah. harmonizing. Well, and I will say too, I oh. think it would be very foolish of us not to mention Tom Bukovac, who plays on a lot of his albums and plays a lot of those parts too, that just really, you know, make a song just, I mean, like when you're listening to a song and you, you sing along with a guitar part. I mean, that's, that's a great song or great guitar part. Anyways, if you don't know Tom Bukovac, look him up. And well, and another is actually not his electric guitar player. It's his bass player. Oh, Jerry flowers is absolutely amazing. You should see him in concert as a bass player. And well, his stature is ginormous, yeah. you know, but he is an excellent bass player and he slings that thing low. Like he's playing in like a, a early 80s death metal band, but he yeah. plays that thing just so good. If you don't know, he was actually in the ranch with Keith Urban and that trio yeah. in the 90s and uh, sings, sang harmonies with him. And then, you know, I, I knew him from there. And then later on, he comes back as his bass player and it just, oh, it made they just they mesh together you know sometimes you find people you play with well and they just they fit together perfectly i don't know if you know this but jerry flowers he actually helped write house party which is that that uh sam hunt sam hunt song yeah all right well i already told you my number three and you took my number one so my final one is my number two and it is days go by yep that's a good one. And it's partly because of how rock and roll that solo is. I mean, it's not like it's really anything different than what Keith Urban has ever done before. But at the same time, it's like mm-hmm. Keith Urban unleashed. Yep, absolutely. So I, I love that one. I love that too. Okay, we're going to close it out with this. This is going to be the end of the podcast with this last question that I have for you. If you played one song with Keith Urban... Okay. Dream come true. You were given plenty of time in advance to make sure you can play it as perfect as possible. <laughs> but you've been told you get oh, to play man. one song with him. What would you play? It has to be his song. Okay. You can't say, yeah, that's, well, that's I would easy. love to play Friends in Low Places with That's Keith That's Ur- all I can play anyways is his yeah. songs. That's <laughs> right. Jesse's I would girl. love to play Jesse's yeah. <laughs> Girl with Keith Urban. No. Okay. So, yeah. so Although that okay. would be kind of fun. But that would be, be one fun, of his songs. Because I think he, yeah, I think Rick Springfield's from Australia too, right? I think he um, is. He is on General Hospital. Well, just I would just say this. If you have not seen the video of Keith Urban and a guy named Rob Joyce on YouTube, and basically this guy was in the crowd, his girlfriend's holding up a sign and says, hey, it's my boyfriend's birthday. Please let him come play guitar yeah. with you. And so Keith Urban's like, you play guitar? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I play guitar. So he brings him up on stage. He's like, come on up. And he doesn't hand him like a home shopping network 
Keith Urban guitar. He hands him plugged his, into a Keith Urban amp. <laughs> right, the 15 water. He hands him his 51 Nocaster. Says, "Here you go. Play this." Which, by the way, I mean, there's so many levels of me panicking at that point. Oh yeah. I mean, probably have an accident in my pants. Who knows? Yeah, that's right. Who knows Seriously, it'll be a puddle on the floor. Yes. I'm just sweating for my crotch. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I There's. Does anybody have a Home Depot bucket I could put under me? I'm sweating a lot. So he he turns up the volume on the guitar and he starts playing the intro to a song called Good Thing, which almost made my top five list because it's such a great song. But yeah. he starts playing it. It's a great guitar intro. All of a sudden, you start hearing the drums kick in. And then the bass comes in and the whole band starts joining this kid and he's good. He's really good. Yeah. And so Keith Urban's guitar tech comes in, hands him a guitar and he's like, no, I don't need it. This guy's fine. And so Keith Urban just stands there and he sings the whole song while Rob is playing the guitar. Yeah. And gets to the solo and this kid kills the solo. I mean, nails it. It was, I mean, it is a dream come true. And so there's like cell phone video of it, which was really cool. But like a week later, Keith Urban and his crew released like the professional video that they run from their screens. Yeah. And so, I mean, this guy has a video of him playing good thing with Keith Urban. So just a dream come true. And that's a, that's a super cool song, but I digress. The answer to my song, if I could practice and get up there and play a song, it would be hundred percent without a doubt. You look good in my shirt. Yeah. Love it. I love that song. You know, it starts off with the drum. A lot of times he'll play like the classic rock intro riffs to it. He'll play like yeah. Walk This Way and uh, Oh yeah. Know, yeah. I mean all that cool stuff. And then he busts into You Look Good in My Shirt. And it's just always high energy. The crowd goes crazy. He usually walks through the crowd and, you know, is shaking hands and, and doing all sorts of stuff. So um yeah, that that would be my song. And it's I mean who who hears that song and doesn't sing along with it at the end? I mean, everybody does. And oh, it's yeah. Just, it's a big party at the end. So that would be my song. And my hope would be everybody be singing so loud they wouldn't hear me miss all those notes. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about you? Mine is probably going to be Days Go By. Okay. And mostly it's because of how much of a ride that song is. Because it starts... And then you just go there. Yeah. There's no chance to slow down. There's no chance to stop. And if I'm going to play guitar with them, that's what I want to do. If good choice, you know, it, it's going to be one of those that it's like, you know what? You better hang on this blues riff from B. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. I, it's just got to be <laughs> boom, yeah. go. And so I, I nice. think that's the one. Now, somebody like you would be awesome. Look good. In my yep. shirt would be great. I'd Absolutely. settle for one chord song, but <laughs> days go by. Yeah, that's a good choice. And that's another one that just, it's rocking. But I mean, I mean, I, I love all his songs and, yeah. and I'd love sometime, maybe we could do this if we ever get a YouTube channel, but I'd love to sit here with an acoustic guitar and you just say, play, you'll think of me and see if I can play it. And now play this and see, yeah. and I'll see if I can play it. And just, it'll be like another quiz. Cause I, I mean, that is that's my bread and butter. Like, I, man, I love that guy. He's awesome. Well, that concludes our time of the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you liked what you heard, leave five stars in a review. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Tweed Couch. Until next time. <laughs>